just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your week is going well. You know, a little while back I was talking about how cold it was getting here in Minnesota, which isn't unusual for the state this time of year. It's not unusual to see sub-zero temperatures. Haven't seen that as yet, so that's good news. But now the temperatures are starting to rise again over the next few days. It's going to be from 25 to 35, maybe even as high as 40 degrees. And I've always said, I'm fine with Minnesota if it's like between 25 and 30 degrees. I can deal with that. That's fine. You can still move. Cars still start. It's all cool. It's when it gets really cold is when it's problematic. But now they're telling us we've got a snowstorm coming through. Through my area, they're saying anywhere from 4 to 8 inches, which isn't crazy for this part of the country. It's not going to shut down the town or anything like that, like it might in some of the southern cities that get hit with something like that. But it is a problem. It is a hassle. Once it snows and the roads are cleared, it's all fine. But while it's snowing, travel is a pain in the ass. It just gets to be a mess. So I'm not looking forward to that. Yes, I know we need snow. My wife will remind me, the farmers need the precipitation. And she, she'll even say, we need the precipitation. Our lake that we go out in was so low that uh, we had to buy a new prop again this year because somebody ran it across the rocks. So, yeah, we need the snow. We should expect the snow in Minnesota. I just hate having not so much me. I can drive in the snow just fine. I'm worried about all the other people around me, of course. But I'm really concerned about my wife and my son and my daughter-in-law and my other son and my grandkids who will be in the cars with those folks, that's always worrisome to me. As a former traffic reporter and somebody who watched 500 cameras a day for 27 years, I know what kind of shit can happen on the roadways, and uh, it's a little frightening if you've had that experience. Now, I always tell folks, if they ever want to reach out to me directly, you can always send me an email, and it comes direct to me, rationalboomer at gmail.com. I read it. I will answer it either in an email or on the air. Now, we're not really on the air, in the podcast, okay? So I've got three emails I got just the other day, which is unprecedented. I've never got that many emails at one time, but thank you very much. So I thought I'd read them because there are some questions to me in the in the uh, emails and uh, I wanted to make sure I responded to those folks that took the time to actually send me an email. First one comes from a gentleman by the name of Gordon. He says, uh, I recently started following you on TikTok and your podcast. I love them both. I'm 67 and love your style of your speech and knowledge. My question is, have you read the piece earlier this week? from the Atlantic mentioning the insurrection, that it was just a trial run. It's scary as shit. Can you please address that question? Of course I can. And I thank you very much for listening and following and doing all of that. I'm 61, you're 67, so we're kind of peers. We're of the same generation. So you and I probably do relate on many levels as far as what we think and based on what we've experienced in our lives. Now, and as far as the insurrection, you're asking, do I think it was a trial run for these people? I've got two answers for that. First of all, I don't think Donald Trump, I don't think the insurrectionists, I don't think any of these people are smart enough to have a plan, a strategy. It's not like they said, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. They're not that smart. They're not that organized. I mean, Donald Trump never had any strategies. He just pulled shit out of his ass and said whatever came out of his mouth. Now, I know there's a lot of Republicans out there that said, oh, he's playing 3D chess. No, he's not. 
Just listen to the dumb son of a bitch. He's just saying whatever comes to mind. He's just trying to cover his ass whenever he's questioned about something. There's no planning about this. Here's what you have to understand about these kind of people, whether it be Donald Trump or the insurrectionists. They all have sociopathic and narcissistic tendencies. These people are reactionaries. They don't make plans. They don't strategize. They come across something and they react. And generally, it's a bad reaction. They lose their temper. They get violent. Now, I will say there was some coordination on January 6th. But it wasn't done blatantly. And I I don't know if you know what I mean. Um, Donald Trump knew how to manipulate these idiots. And that's what he did. The idiots didn't realize they were being manipulated, so it wasn't really an overall strategy for the plan of attack of the insurrection. But Donald Trump knew what he was doing. He knew how to incite them. He knew how to scare them. He knew how to get them to go to the Capitol and do something crazy. And, of course, they did. Now, the second question, even though you only asked one, is you were suggesting that it could happen again. And in that respect, I will agree with you. It absolutely could happen again. I mean, these people have talked about civil wars and violence. If you watch Fox News, they're talking about uh, organizing on the streets and attacking again. Absolutely. And that's something we should be fearful of. But there's a little different circumstance uh, now as opposed to what it was on January 6th. You see, on January 6th, the man in charge was Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is the one that held back the National Guard, set up everything so it was easy for these insurrectionists to come in and take over. There wasn't enough police officers to hold them back. He was part of that whole planning process there. He was trying to incite them, manipulate them, and did everything he could to try to make it easy for them to do what he wanted them to do. They thought they were serving their president and this country, and Donald Trump knew that, and he manipulated them into doing what they did. And I'll guarantee you some of these 700 people that have been arrested and now have been convicted and going to jail, they have some different thoughts about what happened with this insurrection and what Donald Trump was doing. I guarantee you, sitting in jail for two years, five years, whatever it is, will make you think. And eventually, the truth will come to light. And the truth is not Donald Trump. These people are not going to be happy with Donald Trump if they've had to give give up a portion of their life just because of this foolish event. So because they are reactionary, I do think it's a possibility that uh, there will be some other violent activities by these trump I mean, if Donald Trump gets indicted, which I think he will, other people have disagreed with me on this, and I, I don't get it, but he will be indicted as far as I'm concerned. When that happens, when certain things are being exposed, when Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert gets kicked out of Congress, all these things will upset them. You see, they think the Democrats and government in general are fighting to destroy this country which we know isn't the case, but they believe it is because they were told that's the way it is, and they believe anything that fucking Trump tells them. So if these guys get scared enough again, get upset enough again, they have trouble holding their tempers, and they will just react. It's ironic, too, when they've been able to sit back and see some of their compatriots charge the uh, Capitol in an insurrection, and they're seeing them going away to jail. These idiots will still do the same thing, put themselves in the same risk of going to jail. I can't explain it. It's absolute ignorance. But you're right, Gordon. I think it could happen again. But if you think these guys are masters of uh, strategy, they're not. They're just reactionaries. And if something pisses them off or scares them, Because that's really the basis here for what they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about fear. That's how Donald Trump works. Everything is about fear. I'm afraid to lose my job. I'm afraid to lose my country. Now you got to fight. 
Donald Trump will never fight, but he'll encourage all his followers to do it, and of course, they fucking do it. That is something we should be concerned about in the coming months, because there'll be a lot of things exposing Donald Trump and making these people look stupid, and instead of saying, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry, I didn't realize, they'll just get mad, and they'll do some crazy shit. So we have to be on guard for that sort of thing, no question about it. All right, here's a second email. Hi, Mike. This has absolutely nothing to do with your podcast, but here goes. Hubby Joe has been going to Canada for over 20 years on fishing trips. He has missed the last two years, no doubt, because of COVID. Do you know of any outstanding fishing lodges in Minnesota area that you would recommend for him? Something remote, boat in or fly in, smallmouth, musky, etc.? Since your podcast is part of my morning routine, and I appreciate that, I feel like you're a member of my family. You may be. My grandmother grew up in Brainerd. <laughs> Loved your Santa story this morning. Don't don't tell that to your little granddaughter, at least for a few years. Tina Louise Roberts. Okay, first of all, thank you very much. This whole idea of being part of your family uh, it's been a long time since I've heard that. When I was a traffic reporter for 27 years, I was on the air every 10 minutes during the morning and afternoon rush hours. A lot of people felt like I was part of their family. They felt like they knew me. So when they saw me in public, if they happened to recognize me for whatever reason, they were very cordial and very familiar, even though I didn't know who they were. Uh, it was a little weird at first, but uh, I appreciate it immensely. Somebody who listens to you, that takes you into their family and into their thoughts, that is a very impressive uh, compliment, and I appreciate it immensely. Now, as far as fishing, <laughs> well, here's a guy who lives on a lake, who has a boat, who has a fishing license, has fishing rods and tackles, who rarely, I mean rarely, fishes. I can count on one hand how many times I actually went fishing last summer. In fact, I could count it on two fingers. I don't go out much. It's not that I don't like fishing. It's just that when I get out on the lake, I get distracted by other stuff, the scenery or whoever I'm with. I'm just not that into fishing. Now, see, you have to understand, when I was growing up, my father, who I've said before is very much like the Donald Trump personality, he and I butted heads many times over the years, but we had, you know, we had some good times here and there, and uh, he was a big hunter and a big fisherman, and he was all about hunting and fishing all the time, and when I was young, <clears throat> and my brother was young, he would frequently take us with him. You know, we might go goose hunting or grouse hunting or fishing or even deep sea fishing when we were down on a in the Gulf or whatever. And then it got to a point when I was about 14 years old, I decided I really wasn't that interested in taking up my weekends every weekend with hunting or fishing. I just didn't want to do it. I'm 14 years old. I'm in my prime. Yeah. I hit my prime in junior high school, sorry to say. But anyway, at 14, I told him, I said, look, we've got parties going on, girls and all this stuff. I really don't want to hunt and fish anymore. <laughs> and he looked, I, I, I'll never forget the look. He looked at me like I've just given up all of my masculinity. And he could not understand it for the life of him. He was appalled. I think he was ashamed of me at that point because I didn't want to hunt and fish. And it's really never been anything that's tripped my trigger that much. I mean, I don't mind going out on the lake, throwing the rod in, not caring if it's anything gets caught or not, but just relaxing in the sun on the lake. I'll do that. But I'm not intense about this stuff. It's just I've got better things to think about. Now, I'm not trying to diminish those people that hunt and fish. I know you love it. And I, you have every right to do it. I have nothing against hunting and fishing, nothing at all. It's just not what I like to do. Uh, so you folks that do like it, don't take offense to this. You can like what you like. I can like what I like. So in as far as recommendations, I'm really not the best guy to give recommendations for uh, 
fishing or lodges or that sort of thing. I do know of some lakes that are particularly good for smallmouth bass and uh, muskies particularly. Uh, The only remote, remote area that I know of that I know people go fishing for for bigger fish is Lake of the Woods right on the border of Minnesota and Canada. In fact, some of the Lake of the Woods is on the other side in Canada. But I know a lot of people go up there and there's a lot of fishing. I don't know if there's a lodge up there. The people I've talked to have rented a cabin, parked their car, hiked three miles in, and went to the uh, went to the cabin and fished and had a great time and caught a lot of fish. That I know about. I don't know where specifically it is, but I bet if you Google Lake of the Woods and fishing you probably would find out. There's some other areas that have muskies too. It's like Malax, which is in about the central portion of the state. It's not remote at all. It's There's a lot of stuff around it, including a casino, but they do have some muskies there. A little further north, it's a little more remote, Winnebagosh, or maybe it's called Winnebagoshes. It's a big lake, a lot of muskies in it. And uh, I've only been on it a couple times, and it, it was it was a small boat I was in, so it was a little freaky because the waves were big. And to be perfectly honest with you, I was surprised to know that the lake I live on, Minnetonka, uh, in the metro area, has a lot of muskies too. So that's about all I can tell you about that. Um, the fact is, is that... Uh, I don't fish much, and I'm sorry to tell you that. I wish you the best, uh, but look to Lake of the Woods. That may sound like uh, the kind of place you're looking for. All right, the last email that I have. It says, I understand your podcast comments about not caring if anti-vaxxers die from COVID. Now the kids can get the vaccine. Okay, here it comes. Just don't forget the kids can't decide for themselves and the kids of anti-vaxxers aren't getting the vaccine. As far as I'm concerned, they are still innocents in this, and I know from firsthand experience that some kids are caught in the middle um, when divorce decrees require parents to agree on medical care and one is an anti-vaxxer. The courts will go further, will get further backed up dealing with these disagreements. And as always, the unvaccinated, whether kids or adults, still put others at risk, especially the medically fragile, and there are still breakthrough cases. I appreciate both your TikToks and your podcast. Denise, thank you, Denise. Well, here's the deal. Now, I understand exactly what you're saying. And kids are kids, and kids are innocent, whether their parents are vaxxers or anti-vaxxers. I agree. And uh, I know that kids of anti-vaxxers are at risk. And what they are doing is putting them at risk. I don't want to see kids of any type get sick or be hospitalized or anything like that. I agree. The unfortunate thing, though, is when you're dealing with anti-vaxxers, you can't negotiate with them. You can't, you can't deal with them in any way because they just absolutely f- refuse to be vaccinated. And when they refuse to be vaccinated, of course, they put themselves at risk. And, of course, they put their kids at risk as well. But here's the deal. Nothing I can say, nothing I can do is going to change their minds. The only anti-vaxxers that have ever changed their minds are people who have gotten sick, been hospitalized, and on death's door. Then all of a sudden they realize, hey, I should have got vaccinated. You have to understand my mindset. You may agree with it, you may not, and I can appreciate it either way. I'm a firm believer that if there is an issue or a problem that I can't fix, that I can't do anything about, I don't worry about it. Because I'm spending all this time worrying about something, there's nothing I can do about it. And it's sad that kids will get caught up in this situation with the anti-vaxxers, but unfortunately, I can't do anything about it. The president can't do anything about it. He can't force these anti-vaxxers to have their kids vaccinated. So, If I can't do anything about it, 
I can all I can say is, all right, have it your fucking way. You'll have to deal with the consequences. And unfortunately, there will be some kids that are affected by COVID, Delta, or Omicron. And I'm sad to see that, but there is zero I can do about it. Now, the people that are anti-vaxxers that have been warned, seen the facts, and still don't want to be vaccinated, I really don't care anymore. It's kind of like what I do on TikTok. You know what I talk about here. I talk a lot about politics, about Donald Trump and all this other shit. And for many months, I got a lot of Trumplicans coming in, yelling and screaming and wanting to debate with me. And being a guy that's not afraid of confrontation, I've engaged with them over time. But I found out two things with those Trumplicans on TikTok. First of all, I can give them the most sage advice. I can give them the facts, the truth, and I can't change their mind. They just want to argue. They just want to fight. And secondly, they can be dangerous. You know, they can uh, report your videos, get upset, try to get you banned. So there comes a point where you just can't deal with them. And that's what, what I did on TikTok. I don't really have to do it here on the podcast. But any Trumplican that came on my page, I immediately blocked them because they were a liability and I couldn't change their mind. So instead of just trying harder and continuing to fight, I'd said, fuck it. There's nothing I can do about this. I cannot change their minds. So why bother? Why get upset about it? Why get caught up in arguments? That's all they want to do. So I decided, not going to deal with it. I'm going to block them. And the same could be said with the anti-vaxxers. Yes, they have kids that aren't vaccinated. And yes, they are innocent. I will agree with you on that. But there is absolutely nothing I can do about it. All I can say is, okay, you don't want to get vaccinated. Good luck with that. If the worst happens, I'm not feeling sorry for you. And it affects your kids. I'm very sad about that. But that's not on me. That's on the anti-vaxxers that didn't do their job and protect their children. Hopefully that makes sense. I'm not wishing anybody dead. I'm not wishing anybody getting sick. But if you're given a situation where you can protect yourself and your children and don't do it, and you refuse to listen, there's nothing I can do about it. I'd love to be able to, but I can't. I have tried, and it don't listen. And you're right about this whole thing with a divorce. you got one parent that wants their kids vaccinated and one parent that doesn't want their kids vaccinated. Okay? I'm familiar with this scenario because I had something like this happen in my family. A divorce, got an anti-vaxxer and a vaxxer. Um, I think the kids ended up getting vaccinated. I don't know if they just didn't tell the other party or, or they worked something out. But thank God they did get vaccinated. Because I don't want to see anybody in my family who has at least one parent that wants them vaccinated not get vaccinated. I can relate to that, and I understand your concern, but like I said, I'm at a point now where I can't do anything about it. So all I can say is, you don't want to be vaccinated? You want to get sick and die? Godspeed, man. Do what you got to do. I've tried, and I'm not trying anymore because I've got a life to live. I've got a family to deal with. I've got to make sure we're all vaccinated, and we are, fortunately. But at some point, you just have to focus on yourself and your family and the other people that, that want to fight with you about it. It's just not worth the time. It's just not worth the time. And if they don't get vaccinated, they're at risk of getting sick, hospitalized, and possibly dying. It's sad, but uh, that's on them. It's not on me. Last thing I wanted to talk about in this first half is uh, if you watch me on TikTok at all, I'm going to be doing something I don't do very often. I'm going to do a live. This will be Friday. So if you're listening to this after Friday, it's already done. Don't worry about it. But if you're listening to this on Friday, I'm going to do a live TikTok at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. 
9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Now, the reason I'm doing this isn't because I necessarily wanted to. Actually, I'd love to do live TikToks all the time because I have a great time talking to the followers and that sort of thing. But the problem is the the Trumplicans get in, they cause trouble, they start reporting things, and they try to get your live taken down. And as I said, I don't even want to engage with those people. I've got them out of my regular followers' TikToks, but in live, somehow they get in. I've even had moderators, three moderators during a live, and it still got taken down. Now, I appreciate what the moderators did, and I hopefully they'll help me on this one too, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. The reason I'm doing it is um, a woman who's also a creator on TikTok. Her name is Granny Jace. If you've seen her, you may have seen her TikTok. She does something called In a Minute News and basically gives you a rundown what's happening in news. Very nice lady. Very good at what she does. I'm a follower of hers. If you aren't, you should be. And uh, she wanted to do a, a dual live where we're both live, talking with each other and talking with the people coming into the live. So I was happy to do that. I really enjoy talking to other people uh, in that setting. So that should be interesting. And if you're around at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time on TikTok, Check it out. I will be going live with Granny Jace, the lady with In A Minute News. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, the last few days have not been going well for Donald Trump. He's got to be upset. He's got to be losing his shit. Literally, you know, he wears a diaper, so... God knows what's happening. But a couple of things happened uh, just in the last day or so that uh, are probably making him nervous and getting ever so closer to exposing Donald Trump for who he truly is. So we know that Donald Trump is doing all he can to keep the White House documents from January 6th hidden. The Select Committee wants them, wants to see them, and wants to read them in their investigation on January 6th. And there's surely a lot of information in these documents that uh, identify exactly what Donald Trump was doing and how much he was involved in this, how much he was involved in the money aspect of it. And um, he just doesn't want the shit exposed. It's funny. It's probably perfectly fine, but he just doesn't want you to see it. Yeah, nobody fights that hard about hiding something unless there's something in it he doesn't want people to see. Well, you know that Donald Trump was getting close to having these documents released to the House Select Committee. Then he took it to district court, filed a lawsuit. He lost, and he lost bad. That judge excoriated him and uh, his legal team for the absolute bullshit that was in that lawsuit. He lost. So immediately after losing, he went over to the appeals court to try to appeal it and get a different answer, which seemed ridiculous because the first judge said, there's no basis in law. There's no basis in fact here. You can't win. You don't win. But he took it to the appeals court. And the appeals court heard the arguments, and uh, just yesterday they came out with their decision, and they were just as appalled and just as excoriating about the claims that Donald Trump and his legal team made, and they said, yeah, we're not going to do that. You don't win again. So now Donald Trump was given by this court two weeks to decide whether or not he wants to appeal it. Now, if he appeals it, he has to appeal it to the Supreme Court. That's the next and last step to this whole process. 
Donald Trump wants to delay everything, and usually sending it to federal court gives him months and months and months of delays. But not this time around. His first lawsuit started October 18th, and then that came back quickly with an answer in like 22 days. And then the second lawsuit was started November 30th, and then nine days later, he gets the decision that he lost again. So now his only option is to bring it to the Supreme Court. Now, he can't win in the Supreme Court. He just can't win if they even accept it. See, here's the deal. In two weeks' time, he has to decide whether he's going to appeal it to the Supreme Court. He almost certainly will, because that's what he does. He tries to delay. He knows now that he has no basis for the law or the lawsuit, so he's not going to win. But he just wants to delay it longer. Now, they're going to send this to the Supreme Court. And What can happen? Well, the Supreme Court can accept it, uh, work out some kind of plan to hear the arguments, and then make a decision. Now, generally, with a... um, Supreme Court situation like that, it could extend four to five months. He could actually accomplish delaying it um, if that were to happen. However, I don't think that's going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Because, first of all, this case is so weak and so ridiculous, the Supreme Court would be crazy to take this up and hear the arguments. They've got plenty of other things to do. This is somebody who's clearly just trying to delay the inevitable. And the Supreme Court is having enough trouble with legitimacy. They take on something like this, they are going to get some heat. So I think for all intents and purposes, what's going to happen is the Supreme Court is going to get this case and they'll look at it. They'll read what the other judges said and they'll say, yeah, we're not going to hear this. And if they do that, well, then it's over. Donald Trump has nowhere else to go. He can't hold back those documents, and they will be sent to the House Select Committee. Now, if for some reason they decide to hear the case, and of course, you know, with a six to three difference for the conservatives and three judges that were appointed by Donald Trump, you never know for sure. Maybe they will bend to Donald Trump. It would be a horrible mistake for them to do that. He's no longer president. And uh, they are having a lot of troubles with their credibility. So to do that would really put them in a bad spot in public perception. But if they do that, chances are they'll speed it along, much like the district and the appellate court did. They'll get it done quickly. And even if they hear it and they get it done quickly, there is no way that Donald Trump is going to win. Just no way. His whole idea of trying to extend this out for a year in the courts isn't working. Everything's moving too fast. And it's because they know the seriousness of an insurrection and getting to the bottom of this and finding out what caused it so we can avoid it next time. So at this point, Donald Trump is screwed. Donald Trump is absolutely screwed in this case. He can't win. And probably within a month's time, they will turn over those documents. But here's the interesting thing. You remember the Mark Meadows situation. Mark Meadows decided not to testify in front of the select committee. Then he decided he was going to. And then he decided he wasn't going to. He's flip-flopping all over the place. And come Monday, he is probably going to be referred to the DOJ to be charged with criminal contempt of Congress. He doesn't want this. He tried to file his own lawsuit, tried to be like Donald Trump, but that's not going to stop the criminal contempt case. He's uh, caught between a rock and a hard place, too. He's in the same position Donald Trump is, and he's screwed. So he'll be sent over to the DOJ unless he chickens out again and changes his mind. But um, the thing about it is with Mark Meadows, he he wasn't too bright. And that really seems to be the running narrative in most Republicans' strategies. Because at the point where he was deciding that he would testify, one of the other things they asked that he turned over documents. 
And Mark Meadows, while he was planning to testify, did willingly turn over 6,000 documents. This has text messages, emails, all around January 6th and leading up to January 6th. And there's a lot of shit in there that implicates um, Mark Meadows and probably implicates Donald Trump, too. So, (laughs) and the fact of the matter is, some of these documents, I would have to believe, are part of the documents that they want to get that Donald Trump is trying to hide. Mark Meadows just handed them to him willingly. Now, he's deciding not to testify to make Donald Trump happy, but Donald Trump cannot be happy about the 6,000 documents he already submitted. There's enough information in there to tie up Mark Meadows for a lifetime. And it's probably tied to Donald Trump, too, because, well, Mark Meadows was the chief of staff. You see where this is going? The wheels are coming off. They can't continue this way anymore. They can try to delay. They can try to hide. But it's not working anymore. Things are coming apart. And this is when you're going to see Donald Trump react crazy. This is when you might see him try to incite more people to violence. I don't know for sure, but like I said, they're all reactionary. They don't think about what they're doing. They're mad. They get angry, and they just react. And they make stupid choices. And unfortunately, it could be dangerous choices. Now, here's the other thing to note about this particular situation with these two court cases that basically have said, no, you don't have executive privilege. No, that's not a thing. And no, that doesn't count. You see, you've got people like um, Steve Bannon, Mark Meadows, Jeffrey that don't want to testify, Jeffrey Clark, Roger Stone, that say they're going to plead the fifth. And they're all basing it on executive privilege. Well, two court cases just said executive privilege doesn't count. So this really weakens, really weakens their stance on this thing. And when it goes to court, it's going to go into the same court system that just put this decision down about Donald Trump trying to hold back the documents. So precedence has been set there. They're not going to change their minds and do something different than what was laid out in the lawsuit that Donald Trump just lost. Bannon, Meadows, they're fucked. They can't win. Everything around them is falling apart. They're losing. So... (laughs) It's going to be very entertaining over the next month or so because this shit's coming to pass and they can't run and hide anymore. Time has run out and all is going to be exposed and a lot of people are going to be in bad shape. A lot of people are going to lose jobs. A lot of people are going to be expelled from Congress. Donald Trump is likely to be indicted ultimately. Maybe Mark Meadows. See, that's the thing. People always say, well, they'll just say that they'll just plead the Fifth Fifth Amendment. And yeah, they might do that. And that might help them to delay testifying. But it doesn't protect them when they are indicted. And if they find out something that Mark Meadows did on January 6th is criminal, they will indict him. Now, he can plead the fifth all he wants, but they'll have a court case and they'll put that some bitch in jail. Same with Donald Trump. So pleading the fifth isn't all that great a deal. It doesn't, you know, I talk to people and it's like they think that pleading the fifth is absolute immunity. All I have to say is I won't talk because I'll incriminate myself and I'm free and clear and I'll get to walk. No, you don't. If you plead the fifth, you're basically admitting you're guilty. So what are they going to do? They're going to investigate this whole situation around you and find out what it is. Keep in mind, the House Select Committee has interviewed over 300 people now, people close to the administration, people in the administration. They already know what the fuck is up. Jamie Raskin, who's in the House Select Committee and also a representative, says, we've talked to 300 people. We're seeing very clearly how this all occurred, where the money came from, who was involved. They know all this shit. As time goes on and they get more information, the importance of Mark Meadows, Steve Bannon, or even Donald Trump testifying 
get less and less because they already have the information. Then all they have to do is indict them, and then they can plead the fifth all day. But that doesn't mean they aren't going to get convicted or go to jail. Now let's talk about something on the civil side of things for Donald Trump. Yet another thing that came across Thursday that tells you that Donald Trump is fucked. New York Attorney General Letitia James says she is seeking to depose Donald Trump over civil fraud, uh, financial civil fraud with his companies. And she expects him to appear to get the deposition by January 7th. That's coming quick. That's less than a month. Donald Trump needs to show up and sit uh, at a desk and answer questions under oath. Well, let me tell you, that's not Donald Trump's strong point. Telling the truth is a problem for Donald Trump. And the fact of the matter is, is when he sits down and talks, he is without question going to lie. And there he is committing more crimes because he's perjuring himself. Donald Trump's caught caught in a bad spot with this situation. You might say, well, I have executive privilege. Well, two courts just said you don't. And the Supreme Court will say you don't. So that's, that's not a thing. They are going to expect you to answer the questions. You don't have executive privilege. Besides, what you're being sued for in this civil case has nothing to do with the presidency because most of it happened before the presidency and has to do with your business. So executive privilege, even if you thought you can assert it, you can't because it has nothing to do with the presidency or it didn't even happen during your presidency. So you're fucked in that case. You're going to have to talk. Now, what's interesting about this, the fact that they want to talk to the CEO of this company, the Trump organization, tells you something. It tells you that typically if they want to talk to the CEO, that would suggest that they have about 90% of their case built already. Again, like I told you before, they've talked to a lot of people, they've interviewed a lot of people, they've deposed a lot of people. They know what's up. They get the CEO as the uh, icing on the cake, the end game, if you will. This court case is pretty well down the road for Donald Trump. He can testify or not try to testify, but I don't think he has any way out when it's dealing with the state. You know, he fucks around with the federal court, but the state's a whole different deal. And they're probably pretty close to wrapping up that case and that lawsuit. Now, you remember, he's had lawsuits like this before. He's had the college that went to shit, the um, charity where he stole money. Now, he lost all these cases and they were shut down. But he was fined something like $25 million. And what he did in this situation, I've talked about this before, where the fraud comes into play is classic Donald Trump. And I explained it before. I'll try to do it the same way this time. Say Donald Trump has a building for, that's worth $10 million. Say it's worth $10 million. Now, when he's going to insurance companies or banks or that sort of thing, where he's trying to get money out of them for his property, he'll take that $10 million building and say, well, Christ, it's worth $50 million. He'll lie about the value of the building to get more money out of banks or get better credit or whatever he wants to do or claims with insurance companies. That's insurance fraud and bank fraud. Now, on the other side of the coin, what he may do, I've got a $10 million building. Now the IRS wants its taxes on that building. And then he'll go to the IRS and says, Jesus, this building's only worth $3 million. I shouldn't have to pay taxes on 10 or $50 million. The building's really only worth $3 million. So I'll pay taxes on that. So you see what he's doing. He's lying about the value of his property in order to benefit himself, either pay less taxes or get more money from a bank. 
All of this is fraud, tax fraud, bank fraud, insurance fraud. All of that is highly illegal. He's done this throughout his career for decades and decades. He's not smart enough to even try to hide it. He's got two sets of books. So it's pretty clear what he did. And if he did it, then he's clearly guilty. This is what this civil fraud case is about. And they've been digging into this pretty deeply. And they've interviewed a lot of people in his company and people around the company and people who dealt with the company. And he's fucked in this case, too, because he did it. He always did it. He almost openly did it for decades. He thinks he's smarter than everybody else. And I'll get more money from the banks and I'll cheat the IRS. Everybody does it. Well, there may be a lot of people that do it, but he's pretty flagrant about it, and he's not smart enough to hide it. So now he's in trouble. And this uh, AG from New York, Letitia James, doesn't like Donald Trump. She's in his shit, and she's going to take him down. Something that added to Donald Trump's bad week Letitia James a while back said, hey, I'm going to run for governor. You know, Andrew Cuomo fucked things up. We now got the lieutenant governor in. I'm going to run for governor. Now, I'm sure Donald Trump was licking his chops at this because he thought, okay, Letitia James, she's a hardcore bitch and she's trying to take me down. But if she gets distracted by running for the governor's job and maybe even getting the governor's job, then it's going to get all tied up and it's going to get delayed and I'll get off the hook. And all of that could have been true. I doubt it, but it could have been true. I understand the thought process. Well, now that Letitia James is asking Donald Trump to be deposed to appear and answer questions under oath, Letitia James has had some second thoughts about running for governor. She said Thursday, you know, I got a lot of stuff going on here in the AG office. I got to get this stuff done. This is my, my job. This is what I was elected for. So you know what? I'm not going to run for governor. She's going to continue as the attorney general of the state of New York, which to me is code for saying, I really like fucking with Donald Trump. I'm going to take this some bitch down, and if I have to hold on running for governor to do it, God damn it, I'm going to do it. And that's exactly what she's going to do. She's not going to run for governor. She's going to stay in the AG office and finish the job with the Donald Trump bullshit. Now, she has a deep dislike for Donald Trump, and uh, she wants to finish the job. So again, not a great day for Donald Trump. Not a great day at all. <laughs> the one last thing I want to talk about briefly, you know, over the, the, uh, the period of the campaign for the 2020 election and since Joe Biden has become president, we hear all these Trump fucks constantly saying, oh, Joe Biden's a pedophile. All the Democrats are pedophiles. Which I find ironic, given that we have the Ghislaine Maxwell trial going on currently. And over and over again in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, we keep hearing Donald Trump's name. Donald Trump's name. Of course, Ghislaine Maxwell was partners and the girlfriend of Jeffrey Epstein, who is a convicted pedophile who did some horrific things with girls that are underage. And in this testimony during this trial, we heard things like, well, Jeffrey Epstein brought this 14-year-old girl and delivered her to Donald Trump. Well, what could a billionaire businessman possibly have in mind if some known pedophile is handing off a 14-year-old girl? And you want to call Joe Biden a pedophile? Well, there's absolutely no proof. There's nothing that says that's true. It's just coming out of your fucking mouth. And because you're stupid, you just keep repeating it. But now we're hearing about specific things where Donald Trump was down at the island. Donald Trump was on the plane. Donald Trump was with Jeffrey Epstein when he was with uh, underage girls. And then we have to remember that lawsuit that was going on around the time of the uh, uh, election back in 2016, 
about Donald Trump and Jeffrey Epstein being co-defendants on a lawsuit regarding the rape of a 13-year-old girl. Somehow that disappeared for a while. Uh, this, this girl, who's now a woman, was either paid off or threatened. I don't think she'd take the payment, so I'm sure she was threatened. Then later on it came back, and then it disappeared, and it came back. I'm not sure how that's all going to shake out, but I bet we hear a lot about it in this trial with Ghislaine Maxwell. There's a lot of information that we're not seeing, you know, the black books and videotapes and those sorts of things. I can only hope that those people on those videotapes and in those books will be investigated and ultimately indicted for whatever crimes they did against underage children. So you Trumplifox can say all you want about Democrats, all you want about Joe Biden, but the fact of the matter is the only proof, the only evidence shows Republicans engaging in pedophilia. You fucking people are despicable, absolutely despicable. And I hope every one of them gets exposed. And I don't care if they're Democrats or Republicans, it doesn't matter. The crime is the crime. The crime is horrific. You're ruining ruining children's lives. And whether it's Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, Donald Trump, or whoever the fuck it is, I don't care. If that's one of them or a number of them, they need to go down. They need to be held accountable. They need to go to jail. Funny thing is, Joe Biden isn't mentioned at all in this Ghislaine Maxwell trial. He doesn't show up on any logs. He didn't go to the fucking island. So you can say all you want, but the fact of the matter is it's all bullshit. It's just all lies that Donald Trump spews and then you repeat like a fucking parrot. You look stupid doing it, and now you look even dumber because your Lord and Savior is the one that apparently has some uh, questions to answer about being with girls under the age of 18. It's just, a, I, I get disgusted even thinking about these fucking people. They are the worst humans in the world. Absolutely the worst humans in the world. All right, we're going to wrap things up for yet another Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank all those folks uh, that wrote emails. And if you want to, uh, Send me a direct question or comment. You can do that by sending an email to rationalboomer at gmail.com. And again, on Friday, 9 p.m., I'm going to do a live on TikTok with a lady by the name of Granny Jace, the lady that does In a Minute News. If you have a mind to and you're available, join me on the live. I need more of you people than these fucking Trumplifucks. Otherwise, it's going to become a shit show again. So please stop by if you can. All right. You have yourself a great week. We'll talk to you again very shortly. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.